This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. The city of Seattle under the Bruce Harrell administration is looking to clean up and revitalize downtown Seattle. The downtown corridor, which in the minds of many Seattle residents has become a place that has been not very welcoming in recent years. With me this morning to talk about the issue is Deputy Mayor Tim Burgess. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Chris. How are you How are you? Today? I'm doing uh, well in yourself. Yep, I'm doing great. Love to get oh. up in the morning and talk with you. <laughs> it's great to have you on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tim, uh, to be fair, many of the things that uh, we're talking uh, taking place in the downtown quarter were things that you, your administration inherited. Uh, but nonetheless, Mayor Harold and the city officials like yourself have made it a priority to clean up and revitalize downtown Seattle, which has uh, had become a haven for open drug use, tents blocking the sideways, the public parks, homelessness, and, you know, uh, uh, we could go through a, a laundry list of things. Yes, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what we inherited which is why Mayor Harrell, uh, way back at the beginning of last year, said to his team here at City Hall, we need to revitalize, we need to re-energize our downtown core because downtown is so, so vital to the rest of the city and, frankly, the whole Puget Sound region and state of Washington, for that matter. So he launched the downtown activation plan uh, this this last spring, and uh, that that plan is designed to bring more people downtown, whether that's workers returning to their offices or visitors from around our region or tourists from further away or residents living downtown. Uh, there are specific actions in the downtown activation plan to accomplish that. To bring more people downtown, and we're seeing evidence of that working now. Right, and, and Tim, as we talk about some of the tools and issues that you all have implemented to jumpstart uh, this revitalization process, you know, I'd be remiss if um, you know you mentioned that some of these things have already been working, and you know, people who have not been da- in downtown Seattle in quite some time, whether it was they haven't been down since the pandemic started or just a few years. Um, even that difference between a year ago from today to where we are now, I think people would be pleasantly surprised at the progress you guys have made. I think so. They would be. Now, that, that doesn't mean we don't still have challenges because we do, and we're working on those. But, uh, for example, when, when Mayor Harold took office in January of 2022, City Hall Park, which is just a block and a half from City Hall, 
was shut down and closed and surrounded by uh, fencing. Today, it's open, it's well lit, it's clean, the grass is green, it's inviting, it's welcoming, and right now, there's a new art installation there at night, which, if you go look at it, when it's dark, essentially, um, it's trees talking to you. It, it's a beautiful art uh, art display there. We, we're continuing construction on Waterfront Park along the central waterfront, which will be finished in 2025. Um, we just, a couple of weeks ago, announced $45 million in contributions from local philanthropists to do more work on the waterfront beyond the aquarium uh, further north into Sculpture Park, Myrtle Edwards Park, and the Port of Seattle's Centennial Park to redo landscaping, to redo walkways and lighting, to repair the fishing pier that's been there forever, but closed in recent years, so it can reopen and people can fish in Elliott Bay from that pier. So there's a lot of very, very positive things going on. But as I mentioned, there's still challenges, and the fentanyl crisis yep. is, is probably the biggest one uh, that we're dealing with. Right. And that was going to be my next question. I'm going to ask you, uh, number uh, one, about the um, the activation of the unified care team and what they're charged mm-hmm. to do. But also, um, you know, I know the mayor has issued an executive order regarding fentanyl as well. I know a lot of people are concerned about uh, the homeless situation, which in many ways is tied to um, the drug use and the fentanyl um that's taking place in the downtown court and all over the region, actually. But can you kind of talk about uh, those things? I know they're kind of uh, separate, but they're also related. Yes, they are related. So, again, one of the early actions Mayor Harrell took in his first couple of months was um, to do an analysis of how the city government was responding to tent encampments around the city and to uh, RVs parked uh, together in clusters or by themselves, and some of the problems associated with those encampments. And what we found was six or seven different city departments trying to address those issues. And I think it was nine or 10 different databases that did not talk to each other and were not integrated and were not strategic. And so that led to the creation of the unified care team. And today we have one database. We have multiple city departments working together uh, strategically uh, as a team. And we've centralized that work right here in the mayor's office to give it to the attention that it deserves. An example of how that's gone, Chris, is the number of tents that you see in the city is down 45% compared to uh, when we took office, 35% reduction in RVs. Our city parks are essentially clear. There's a couple that yet need to be addressed, but they're far, far better than uh, when we took office. The fentanyl crisis um, is is truly a crisis, and we haven't seen anything like it before. And it's caused by the fact that fentanyl and methamphetamine can now be made synthetically. You don't have to grow opioid Uh, plants anymore. It's made with chemicals. Unfortunately, it's often mixed together, uh, made to appear like 
a normal uh, pharmaceutical pill, and they're cheap. You can buy them on the streets of Seattle for anywhere from a dollar to three dollars. And the effect on people is very, very dramatic and very fast, including just a huge surge in overdose deaths here in our city, in King County, and across the United States, a level of overdose deaths that we have never seen before. So these synthetic drugs just change the whole uh, environment and therefore change how we as city government uh, should respond to it. And the mayor has been very clear in his direction. Use our police to go after drug dealers and traffickers use our social services to provide care and treatment for those who are living with substance abuse disorder, or as some people call it addiction. Um, we, we have a dual approach here uh, because that's what's going to be needed to, to address this problem. Right. And, and Tim, uh, you know, uh, and some people, uh, I'm sure most people in the listening audience are familiar with um, your background, but for some who might not be totally familiar, I mean, you, had a very long career uh, in public safety um, and how you, all those, uh, the public safety and the um, social services and things need to kind of be integrated uh, to address some of the issues that we're talking about. But hearing you talk about the fact that this is like something that you we've never seen before really talks about the magnitude and the complexity of dealing with this fentanyl um, crisis uh, here, well, we're not just dealing with it here; we're dealing with it all across America. Um, with that being said, can you kind of talk about, you know, public safety, um, and you know, because I know there's a recruitment process going on, but you know, a lot of people are concerned about public safety, particularly as it relates to that downtown corridor. Sure, um, and you know, what's really important here, Chris, is to make a distinction. I, I can cite all kinds of statistics about how crime in Seattle is actually down, and I'm looking right now at, on my computer screen at those numbers, but public's perception is very different, and that's what is so important. We don't want people to fear going outside. We don't want them to fear coming downtown or walking to the store in their neighborhood, and the mayor is, is very keen on making certain that people in every single neighborhood of Seattle are safe and that they believe they are safe. And that's why he has such a um, comprehensive and uh, dual-based approach to crime. As I mentioned, you know, the police have a job to do, especially with drug traffickers, but also violent crime, uh, people who pick up guns and use them against others. Our police officers are going to come after those people and are going to arrest and prosecute them. But there's also a lot of folks that we see downtown who are suffering from uh, drug addiction, from mental health challenges. And in many cases, those folks really don't need to be arrested. They need to be off offered, you know, services, whether that's housing or mental health care or addiction services. Um, because, you know, they're not necessarily committing crimes, although technically, and if they're using drugs, they are, but um, they, they need they need compassion and care, not uh, necessarily arrest. 
And so that that's his approach uh, to this issue. He issued several months ago an executive order addressing the fentanyl crisis head on and has formed some uh, advisory uh, panels that are advising him and uh, others about how to address this this uh, crisis in our city. And we're trying to recruit new police officers, police officers who share the mayor's vision for policing in our city, fair, effective, respectful policing. And um, Chris, I tell you, there's no upper age limit. So uh, anybody can apply to be a Seattle police officer as long as you're 20 and a half years old. Uh, and then you can, if you, if you are uh, hired at age 21, then you go through the academy and eventually get out on the street as a patrol officer. We're about 600 officers short, so we need lots of folks. And um, you, maybe you've seen it. The mayor has a television spot running during Mariners and Husky games. And in the last couple of weeks, uh, we've seen our daily average of applicants increase to the highest it's been in the last two years. So we're making progress, but we have a long way to go. Right. And, and Tim, not to um, segue into uh, a, a, a rabbit hole <laughs> at all, but, um, <laughs> you know, we talk about the the need for uh, police officers here in the city of Seattle, and I, I can just imagine that that um, process gets more and more difficult every time some incident pops up. Um, you know, we got the most recent thing with the video of the, the guy talking about the lady who would young lady who had died. I don't want to get into all that, but I think it it shows the need for more people um, who have good intentions uh, and really want to have, you know, improve the quality of life here for everybody in our city um, to really think about and getting involved with being uh, a police officer in the city of Seattle, because the way that you combat some of these things is to have more people who have good intentions and are in the right frame of mind uh, and think, like I said, in the same manner that we all would like to have our police officers interact and be involved with our community, you know, in the ranks up and down throughout the Seattle Police Department. Um, And so, you know, I hear people saying, well, you know, why would I want to, you know, get involved with with the police department when all this stuff is going on? But really, I would say to them, that is the time to get involved. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Chris, and I think the the whole environment around uh, recruiting police officers or, you know, people in their 20s and 30s wanting to become a police officer uh, changed dramatically when we all watched the murder of George Floyd. Um, mm. That was not only a tragic, tragic event uh, for Mr. Floyd and all the people of the United States, but it changed the environment in many people's minds, uh, as you've just pointed out. And so men and women who might have thought of being a police officer were suddenly uh, presented with that, and it caused them to look toward other careers. But your comment about this is the right time to become a police officer is exactly right. We need people especially here in Seattle, because Seattle is leading the country in reforming of police. We need people to join our police department and be part of that frontline experience of remaking policing. 
you know, just a few days last week, uh, the, the federal judge who has been overseeing the department for 12 years amended the consent decree. He did not eliminate the consent decree. And I think some people have in their minds that that happened and it did not happen. What he did do is he narrowed it a bit by removing the sections of the consent decree that we have already complied with and sustained for a minimum of two years, and in some cases, many more years than that, uh, compliance with those requirements. But there are a couple of things left yet to address. So, you know, this judge, Robart, stays in his position of oversight. So our, our police department is loaded with people who serve the people of Seattle with distinction and with respect every single day. I see uh, alerts that come to my computer screen throughout the day of significant incidents that have happened in the city. And 99.9% of the time, I marvel at what our police officers are doing and how effective they are and how they are helping people in our city. So my challenge is for everyone listening to us who might be interested, go to spdjobs.com and check it out. The salary is great. The benefits are outstanding. And you can have a life of public service that can be very, very rewarding. Right. And Tim, before I let you go, we've got like about two minutes left. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, number one, you, you talked about this earlier, just the rebuilding of the confidence that people have in the downtown corridor and going down there and visiting. But also, we be remiss if we didn't um, talk about the importance of you guys also trying to reopen the storefronts down there, which, um, you know, is basically connected to the foot traffic that goes into downtown Seattle. Um, with that being said, you know, where would you say the city is in this process to revitalize downtown and what does that path to completion look like? Sure. So we look at several statistics. Um, the, the pedestrian traffic downtown, which is steadily increasing pretty dramatically, actually. Uh, the number of people returning to the office. Uh, our ultimate goal is to get up in the 70 80% range. And I think we just passed about 50% of office workers being back in their office downtown. Um, we look at tourism. We look at hotel occupancy rates. Uh, this summer was unbelievably good for our downtown hotels, reaching uh, levels that we have not seen since before the pandemic. We hope that continues through the rest of the year and going forward. So we look at all those measures, and that's how we gauge whether or not uh, what we're doing is working. You mentioned the storefronts. We have a storefront repair fund that's aimed at small businesses to, to help them fix broken windows or a broken door or whatever. We, we very aggressively make those funds available. We also have a, a, a program that brings small businesses with a special emphasis on entrepreneurs of color into shops and physical spaces downtown um, that, at greatly reduced rents that hopefully allows them to get established, to grow, and then choose to stay there uh, for a long term. Just a couple of weeks ago, one of those little businesses uh, signed a long-term lease because it's working for them, and, and that's what we want to see. So 
Wow. All right. Well, Tim, I, I thank you for your time this morning. I know you guys got a lot of things going on in the city, but really appreciate you, um, you know, talking uh, to me this morning and bringing this information directly to our community. You bet, Chris. Thank you very much.